1: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
0: now i'm on to my third business so it's just kind of um ever since i got inspired by property i guess i've kind of stayed there and tried to learn more about it through different aspects
1: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump and in this episode, we chat with Stephanie Brennan, founder of Everest which aims to share information freely to both long-time and aspiring property investors. Continue listening to find out the beginnings of Brennan's property journey, the bumps she's managed to overcome along the way and how she's grown her portfolio very efficiently. Brennan is not only successful with her own property portfolio but also aims to help fellow property investors grow their wealth with her free business resources.
0: I'm Stephanie Brennan and I'm the founder of Evervest which is a free resource for investors and aspiring investors. So basically, we provide the tools, knowledge and resources to people that want to start investing and scale their wealth.
1: She likes to start her days bright and early and work according to a well-planned schedule.
0: Uh, So I start bright and early at about 5 o'clock and then I get to the gym and I do a lot of research when I get into work at about 7 and that's sort of research on different property markets, shares, cryptocurrency and then also researching how to implement um, the long-term vision of the company as well. So on occasion, I get to speak with awesome people like yourself um, and then do a couple of meetings here and there as well.
1: Not only does Brennan gain her property knowledge from researching on the web, she also has her mother to bounce ideas off.
0: There's so much information out there and I think it's fantastic what Google has done for the world, Um, on a side note. But I guess for me, trying to of that information is looking at different recurring themes and I get to bounce ideas off my mum who has life experience, a lot more life experience than I do. So that sort of helps me to understand where the markets are at now and where they've been. And then also, I guess, the practical experience of being able to invest in different countries and different asset classes that helps you kind of understand what all of that theory um, means and how it works in practice.
1: From a young age, Brennan realised the value of a stable family home.
0: So I grew up in Belrose um, on the, I guess, the cusp of the North Shore and the Northern Beaches. Um, Before that, we lived in Terry Hills. um, And I think we moved to Belrose the day before my fourth birthday. So um, we've been here for, I guess, ages and I've gone back and forth. From living overseas and living in my own places to renting to moving back and yeah, so it's been it's been um, I guess good to have that stability of a family home.
1: After finishing high school, Brennan decided to balance both work and university before getting inspired to commit to her work and drop out of her degree.
0: Uh, So, I started at Mimosa Public School which was just in Belrose and then at the end of year two, um, my sister and I both moved to PLC over in Pimble and we were there for the rest of our education.
1: So, uh, after school, where did you go in the end? Did you um, go, go straight into university or did you go straight into the workforce?
0: But I'd been working um, since I was at school and I started my first job at about sort of 15. And before that, I did a whole heap of odd jobs. But um, once I sort of finished school, I wanted to go to university and I did sort of, I guess, part-time university and part-time work. And, and then it sort of got to a point where I was more inspired by working and less, I guess, inspired by going to university. So. I ended up sort of working more and more and, and I guess studying less and less <laughs> and then eventually I just sort of dropped out of university and I've gone back a couple of times to learn different things and then um, put my studies on hold and I have finished some things but I guess I really didn't know what I wanted to do when I first started so it was kind of a, a process of elimination of well let's just try everything and, and then hopefully there'll be something that kind of sticks that I really love and that happened to be property.
1: Having freshly graduated from high school, Brennan had no solid areas of interest and thus jumped around degrees pretty frequently.
0: So I started um, down at ICMS in Manly with a Bachelor of um, Business majoring in event management and then I was tossing up originally between that and studying law because my grandfather was a lawyer so I guess I kind of wanted to follow a bit more in his footsteps. And so I was tossing up between both of them and there was a, a, a subject that I did Um, while doing the event management that was on contracts and so I just loved it and so then I moved to Sydney Uni to sort of learn more and dip my sort of toe into to the law and then moved across to Macquarie University to study law and psychology which I later changed to law and commerce.
1: Since falling in love with property, Brennan has put her university career on hold and is mainly focused on a property journey.
0: I think Learning and education is so important but there's so much now that you can learn through Google and different resources and I guess mentors and people that have been I guess where you want to go. So to me at this stage, that's probably more valuable to me than a uni degree.
1: She was first inspired to work in property and start her own business when she met a property investor at one of her old jobs.
0: Uh, So I started in a retirement village and I started with sort of um, the kitchen hand side of things and worked up into the office and um, from there I went into uh, engineering with Voith Paper Australia and that was looking at the different paper mills and managing sort of the accounts Um, and then I sort of went into uh, politics with Bronwyn Bishop and that was just filling in while someone was away and that sort of, I guess, inspired me to to sort of want to be able to have my own business, um, which I'd always wanted to have from a young age. But I guess I didn't have the confidence until that role because that role was really speaking to to the citizens and the constituents and understanding their problems and then solving them. So I guess that then led to the confidence to be able to start my own business, which I then started in, uh, I think it was 2011 when I was 21, um, and then after then. I had a client that was in uh, property investments and that inspired me into property and then I moved to being a property manager so I could understand how it all works and then I went into my second business and then now I'm on to my third business. So it's just kind of um, ever since I got inspired by property, I guess I've kind of stayed there and tried to learn more about it through different aspects.
1: Meeting the property investor was a huge eye-opener for Brennan, who at the time had not considered property as an investment vehicle at all.
0: I was not really inspired to buy property as an investment until I was until I worked with um, the property investor that I mentioned before. So my parents were very much into shares and they obviously owned their own home and things like that. So for me growing up, it was definitely important to have a home that I owned. And so, that was kind of my own, my only focus really until I sort of saw all the numbers and what property could do. And then that's sort of when I made the jump from shares to property. But before then, I was very much focused on shares.
1: Brennan had never been exposed to property investment because her parents were big into shares.
0: I think it was partly that but also because my, my parents had shares. So, I had sort of dipped my toe in with just really small amounts of money because I didn't have have that much um to sort of spare and then I I had this goal originally to put I think it was ten thousand dollars into a share portfolio for my 21st birthday um and instead I bought a car so (laughs) which which wasn't the best decision (laughs) um but I wanted to buy a nicer car and and then I realized that um once I was working in property that I just it wasn't worth having the nice car. I wanted to then um, sell that so I could actually get into property.
1: She realized she could use her savings to invest into property and grow her wealth rapidly.
0: The client that I had was a, a property investor himself. So he had, I think, 41 or 42 properties that he owned and then he wanted to help other people. So part of what my job was to, to put together all of the, I guess, the website and um, set up the company and then put together the sales packages. So through all of that, I learned so much about the numbers and when I was seeing the numbers, I was like, wow, you can grow your wealth really quickly. So not just your, I guess, gross position on paper, but also your net position if you structure things correctly. So that was sort of what made me go, this is really where I want to put my money. And I'd been constantly saving and saving and saving. And and then I sort of got to the point where um, I didn't need the nice car I didn't need, you know, certain things that I'd bought over the years or gifts that my parents had given me when I was younger. So I literally sold pretty much everything <laughs> that I owned. Um, and I had a small inheritance as well that I later um, donated to conserve a nature reserve. But um, that was sort of how I got, I guess, inspired to keep, keep saving and investing um, that money into mm-hmm. property.
1: Coming up after the break, we'll delve deeper into Stephanie Brennan's property investment journey as she shares how she bought her first investment property.
0: So the first property I bought, I saved um, just over 100000 or about $100,000 and um, that was from years and years of savings.
1: Her worst investing moment on her property journey thus far.
0: Oh, it was so, such a stressful time and then thinking like, oh my gosh, am I going to default on my first mortgage payment with this new bank? That's not going to be good
1: how she invests in property in the most efficient way possible.
0: I guess the best thing that I learned was actually about what they call porting securities.
1: And that's next. I'm Tyrone Chump and you're listening to Property Investory. Are you looking at buying or investing in property? Don't panic, property is still a great investment is it now the time to buy, sell or hold? Find out from Australia's leading industry experts on how to take advantage of today's market. You'll learn the secrets to renovating for profit or gain the knowledge, skills and motivation to invest at the First Home Buyers Masterclass plus much, much more. Whether you're a new or experienced investor, you can't miss the Sydney Property Buy Expo on the 7th, 8th and 9th of September. Use the promo code PI for a three-day free pass valued at $50. For tickets and more information, visit propertybuyexpo.com.au. Brennan ended up purchasing her first property at 22 with the help of her mother and continued to buy properties consistently after.
0: So I was 21. Wow. And then I um, I bought my first place at 22.
1: So in a short span of... of 12 months, you took a lot of, of a massive lot of action to be able to achieve that. Um, How much was it that, how much did you save up for that first property that you bought?
0: So, the first property I bought, I saved um, just over a hundred thousand or about a hundred thousand. And that was from years and years of savings. So, it wasn't just that one year. Um, It was just that one year that I made the decision that I wanted to, um, I guess, increase my amount of savings so that I could get to that deposit amount of 100000 And then my mum actually said, you know, once you saved the deposit, um, she was happy to guarantee the property because then I guess it mitigated her risk that I had the money to put back into the property if I needed to, so that the guarantee on the property could be released. So that's sort of how it all worked. But I ended up putting that money into my second property. Um, And that's sort of, I guess, how I rolled from one property to another. And then I learned about equity releases and and then that obviously um, helped me to grow the portfolio faster while the property market was rising. So it's just good timing.
1: Brennan's first property was an interesting birthday gift.
0: I was in property management in the local area down at Seaforth and that's um, for anyone that doesn't know where that is, that's the northern beaches, so sort of near Our um, gala and Manly. So I was in the local area and I was... Um, going to different houses all the time for routine inspections. And I started to understand sort of the price of rents in the area and then also the price of um, properties to buy in the area. So I was sort of, I guess, looking around that area anyway, because it was familiar to me at that time. And so there was a couple of different places that I lost out on, one in Coleroy. Um, which was a lot cheaper that I thought I could pay down faster, but it was a studio and then there's restrictions on sort of buying a studio. Um, And then there was a a really nice place um, that I liked in DY. It was run down, but it had sort of a, a nice, it was in a nice street and all of those sorts of things. But I lost out on that one. And then I got to the day of my 22nd birthday and I was like, I really, really want to achieve this goal of buying my first place because my sister had already done it at 19. So oh. in my head, I was already well behind the eight ball. A
1: bit, a bit of um, competition then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> bit of competition. So for me, I was like, I really, really, really just want to buy this property. So I ended up going out. It happened to be a Saturday on my birthday. And I ended up going to um, a couple of different inspections. But actually, the first one I walked into, I was like, this place is amazing. I love it. And it was down in Manly Vale, and it had this beautiful big um, balcony. It was eighteen square meters, split level apartment, so it had a bit of a New York style, lofty sort of feel. And I just put in an offer. Um, the owners accepted it, and I negotiated on it, of course. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but they accepted it, and I signed the contract that day, and I moved in. Um, I think it was six weeks later, on the sixteenth of November.
1: After buying her first property, Brendan fell further in love with property investment to create wealth.
0: So it's 2012 when I bought my first one and then I just, I loved the feeling of buying property. I don't know what it was um, about it so much that I loved but also um, I think seeing your, I guess, gross um, wealth grow so quickly because you've gone from sort of, I guess, having um, in my head, I had my 100000 that I'd saved and then all of a sudden, you know, my assets were worth, um, uh, well, the property was 388000 So So you, you sort of increase your wealth quickly in your own head. And then I sort of got so inspired and I guess excited and addicted to wanting to be able to grow it even further that then I thought, well, I want to buy an investment property and I've got this money sitting here. So Um, I, I think it was 2013 in, I think March from memory was when I bought my next property and that was in Coleroy and I couldn't believe the, the price I paid for it. It was so astronomically cheap, um, compared to what Coleroy prices are now. I think I paid 346,000. So, um, it was even cheap sort of at the time, but so I picked, I picked up that property and just still was, I guess, addicted to the feeling of wanting to buy more property. So, I did. <laughs> and that that was kind of it.
1: Her worst investing moment is still vivid in her memory. As despite the mistake not being made by herself, she still felt the stress of its responsibility.
0: The one thing that always sticks out to me is the worst moment. Was actually when I did my first refinance, and I was buying my fourth property at the same time, um, and doing my first equity release. And so, um, what happened was the the property um, for anyone that doesn't sort of know the process, solicitors have to go through and um, put together all the settlement figures so that the banks can draw checks, so that they can sort of pay the money, um, I guess, to the vendor or to the the bank, so that they can then take ownership I guess of the property and you can move your debt to another bank so um, during that process a mistake was made by one of the solicitors so not mine but one of the banks so we didn't actually know this at the time but they had said that there was a certain payout figure and it was actually less than what it was meant to be so um, probably about a week after settlement like the solicitor had said it had settled fine both banks had said it had settled. Um, My broker had said everything had settled. All of that was fine but about a week later, I got a call from a solicitor saying, you owe us um, a whole heap of money and I was sort of like, what? What what do you mean?
1: (laughs) It was only after a lot of unraveling, stress and time that the issue was sorted out. However, Brendan claims the experience has toughened her out and has taught her how to deal with stressful situations.
0: I was calling everyone um, trying to figure out what had happened, and all of them were saying, No, it's completely settled, fine. Um, no, we have no idea who this person is, so just ignore it. <laughs> Until I got a letter in the mail um, saying that a caveat had been put over the, um, one of my properties. And I was like, I, I didn't even know what a caveat was at that point. So anyway, this caveat was put on the property, and then um, the the new bank obviously couldn't register the mortgage because there was a caveat on it. So then they're calling and saying, "Well, you need to either pay out the whole mortgage um, within seven days, or, or we're basically, you know, going to have a problem." So um, then, you know, I had to speak to different lawyers and things like that, and it turned out that uh, an error was made by. The bank's legal team that they were trying to sort of solve. Um, anyway, it got solved and the caveat got removed. But at that point, I just thought, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, <laughs> what's happened to you? And it was so much money that it was just kind of incomprehensible to have to come up with it in seven days and then sort of stressing about what's going to happen and, you know, thinking that you're going to lose all your property portfolios. In the meantime, all my bank accounts had been frozen oh, really? um, by the lawyer of the bank. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> so, gosh. Oh, it was so, such a stressful time and then thinking like, oh, my gosh, am I going to def- default on my first mortgage payment with this new bank? That's not going to be good. Um, but it ended up working out and they actually um, they actually paid my first month of mortgage as well. So, that was good.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, they should have compensated you <laughs> so for out. that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's stressful. So, I guess... I guess the lesson I learned from that is that anything else that was just um, a small mistake or or even a bigger mistake that I may make in the future is probably not going to seem as significant as that first mistake. So it's kind of like you build up a tolerance to different levels of stress and you get a, a deeper understanding of how property works and what happens when things go wrong and how to actually solve those problems. So it ended up working out really well on various different levels.
1: Brennan's aha moment in a property investment journey came when she learned about porting securities.
0: The aha moment for me was actually when I went into broking and I started to learn all the different bank banking policies um, of the different various banks and how that actually relates to building your portfolio and how best to structure things and how to increase serviceability and all of those sorts of things. But I guess the best thing that I learned was actually about what they call porting securities. So, Porting securities is basically when um, the bank lends you money, they take security over the property, right? So then basically porting the security is just transferring the debt against that property to another property that has the available equity to be able to support the transfer of debt, if that makes sense. Sort of. So just be, yeah, <laughs> maybe, it's a bit complicated. Yeah,
1: yeah, maybe give us an example. I'm, I'm trying to get my head around this as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. So um, when, I, when I learnt about porting securities, I sort of thought, well, does that mean that I can buy and sell at the exact same time and just transfer the debt from one property to the other and not have to apply for a new loan, not have to release equity because I can just take my profit? and um, not have to prove my income again. And the banks were like, yeah, that's exactly what porting security is. So I was like, wow, this makes the whole process so much simpler because if I don't need to increase debt, I can just buy and sell at the exact same time, transfer the debt and take my profit. Because there was one thing that, um, one sort of meme that came up on Facebook, which I thought was brilliant. And it said like, shout out to ATMs for making me buy my own money. And after a while, I sort of thought, well, effectively releasing equity is just buying my own money back from the bank. So if I can port security and take the profit or use that to put it into another property and just keep compounding, buying and selling and collecting profit, then that makes the whole process a lot simpler.
1: While the process is fairly complicated, it has greatly improved the effectiveness and efficiency of Brennan's investment strategy.
0: So it's, it's a lot of people, so there's a, a lot of um, cost involved, I guess, in buying and selling. But if, you, if you're in a rising market and you're holding the property for long enough, then you can buy and sell and it makes it quite lucrative. The other thing is, which I guess added to my aha moment was if I release the cash or if I sort of take my profit, then I can start using that profit to buy internationally and I can then start growing my portfolio around the world and look at different rising markets. So that's sort of the big aha moment that I had. So it's it can be very complicated. It can be incredibly stressful because you've got to buy and sell at the exact same time because effectively the, the cash you get for one per purchase no longer pays out the debt. They transfer the debt and that cash is used to buy the other the, pro, the other property. So it, you've got to time it very, very well unless you've got available equity over time where you have, say, one unencumbered property that you hold the debt on and then all the new purchases that you make are just um, done with straight cash. So it's quite a good way to be able to reduce your LVR and increase your equity position and, and, and your wealth a lot faster. But there, it is a lot of um, stress and it is a lot of work.
1: Porting Securities has opened up many opportunities for Brennan. As not only has it reduced her loan-to-value ratios, it has also increased her wealth position.
0: So if I didn't know about that process, then I would never have sold a property because my my first sort of um, investment strategy, I guess, was to buy and hold and just pay down the debt over time. But then when I learned that you could do that, then it sort of opened me up to, well, I've held some of my properties for enough time that I can renovate them, for well, I could sell them and make a profit or I could renovate them and make even more of a profit. So that was sort of, I guess... Um, That sort of helped me to reduce my loan-to-value ratios and my debt levels, increase my assets um, and increase my wealth position and then also be able to have the funds and the resources to be able to offer a free um, resource so be able to invest in my own business and give that, that education to others for free. So it's given me so, so much.
1: So inspired by Stephanie Brennan's story, We'll keep the conversation going in a future episode where she shares what drove her to discard her fear and invest in property.
0: There's another great analogy which is let your faith be bigger than your fear and I think for me, the drive to actually want to invest just became greater than the fear of actually investing.
1: Her unique property investment strategy.
0: Well, I don't actually know too many people that use this strategy.
1: The mindset which she believes has been most contributing to her success.
0: I think um, the personal habit for me is to really just believe that you can achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve.
1: And that's next time in a future episode of Property Invest Story. Also, are you looking at buying property in 2018? Would you like expert tips and advice on the best ways you can purchase property? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts by downloading the Property Investment Buying Handbook. It contains the best tips and advice from 37 of Australia's leading property experts. Simply visit PropertyInvestStory.com and subscribe to get your copy right now. Thanks for listening.